Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Okay. Four seconds, five seconds. You are now about to, on this Sunday morning, <laughs> jump into the rotation with Suncoast Normal. I am your political director, Gary Stein, with my co-host. Can you hear me? You still don't have a microphone on. <laughs> I just can't get the audio right on this show. You okay, want to start, start over? Start again, okay. <laughs> it's Sunday morning and time to jump into the rotation with Suncoast Normal here in Ybor City, where it all began. I am your political director, Gary Stein of Suncoast Normal, together with my co-host, Carlos Angel Ermita. How are you doing today, Carlos? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. People are already trying to come in here and shop at Chillum. I already had to kick my first person out for the day. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. And hitting above the beltway, it is Chris Kano in Maryland today to talk to us about some of the national things that are going on in a segment I call, Hey, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. There's a lot of uh, developments uh, federally in when it regards to cannabis. One of the big ones is that the Moore Act has been reintroduced into the House of Representatives. And for those who aren't following along, uh, the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act uh, was passed by the House the first time uh, any marijuana legalization has been passed uh, by any chamber of Congress back in November. And, you know, in a largely symbolic vote, knowing that the Republican-led Senate at the time was not going to take it up. Now that the Democrats have a razor-thin majority in the Senate with the election of uh, Vice President Harris and uh, those special elections in Georgia, uh, it is a possibility that we could definitely see marijuana legalization happen by the end of this year. Uh, that is a very significant step. Now, um, majority leaders, uh, Senator Chuck Schumer from New York, uh, Cory Booker from New Jersey, and Ron Wyden from Oregon are also working on their own separate uh, legalization bill in the Senate, which is more comprehensive and has a, a greater focus on social justice. So we will see uh, which of these two bills end up actually moving forward. I'm really excited to see how that happens. Now, the biggest hurdle in all of this is, of course, the filibuster. And if you didn't pay attention in eighth grade civics class, uh, the filibuster is essentially an archaic rule uh, that exists nowhere in the Constitution, but is a holdover uh, from the Jim Crow era. If any of you recall, um, there were a, a few Dixiecrats who actually tried to filibuster the Civil Rights Act of 1964 by sitting there and just trying to run out the clock on the legislative session uh, by doing crazy things like reading the Great Gatsby on the floor of the House and Senate. So these are definitely uh, archaic rules that, you know, essentially force for a bill to go to a vote and end the debate 60 votes, which is, you know, you know that basically means you got to get 10 Republicans and we can never get, you know, uh, 10 folks from either party to agree on anything uh, these days. So it is definitely important that the Democrats do the right thing, get rid of the filibuster and allow major legislation to move forward, like marijuana legalization, in addition to so many other things like canceling student loans and, uh, and reinvesting in our infrastructure here in America. Now, I saw Mr. Smith goes to Washington, and I seen the damage that the filibuster can do. Jimmy Stewart almost died doing a filibuster. 
Now, maybe that was just the movies. I don't know. You think it's a little bit different than it was in the movies? Well, you know, my favorite movie is The Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy. I love the fact that a, a, a regular dude, a con man, if you will, from the streets of Miami can go all the way to the halls of Congress and shake things up. And I think that's exactly what we need is we need more regular people running for office and getting elected. You know, shout out to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, people always knock her for having been a bartender before she was a congresswoman. But she also, uh, you know, went to MIT, you know, got a, a science prize from MIT. Uh, she's got, you know, several degrees. There are really smart people out there who have to work working class jobs. Carlos, you know what it was like when you were in college and even out of college. How many you know working class jobs have you been a, a, a you I'm know bartended a, myself? Bartender, washing dishes. There are a lot of I smart people. Electrician work, you know. Yeah. It's a lot of weird stuff. You know, you know you, and, and on that note, I also want to just mention, you know, Carlos Hermida for mayor of Tampa. That's all I want to say. That, that's, that's, that's in the anti-carrot cake uh, <laughs> party? Not anti-carrot cake, anti-mosquitoes, but and anti-religion, but I'm pro-weed. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> you Love guys it. got really quiet after that. <laughs> I, I dig it. I dig it, Carlos. I, I would I, vote for you if I don't, but I don't live in Tampa. I don't even live in Tampa. <laughs> that, <that's me. laughs> Carlos is going to have to move literally across the street in order to run for mayor. <laughs> and uh, we, we do have a, another uh, candidate for the governor this week, don't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the governor's race on the Democratic side is really shaping up. You got, you know, two pro-cannabis candidates coming out swinging. you with former Governor Charlie Chris, uh, you know, hauling over a million dollars in his first month on the campaign. And now this week you got uh, agricultural commissioner and former marijuana lobbyist Nikki Freed uh, running, uh, you know, uh, for governor. So this is going to be a titanic primary. It's going to be really between who can raise the most money and garner the most support and get their message out there. And we'll see who gets to take on uh, Governor Ron DeSantis in the general election. You know, this is a key one. Ron DeSantis has said, you know, essentially over his dead body, will we have adult use and in, in, in legalized uh, cannabis in the state of Florida? So I would say let's kill his political career and let's put one of these two candidates uh, into office. I'm telling you, I'm already on Team Nikki Freed. I am telling you, and the reason being is because she's already been sticking it to Ron DeSantis. Oh, she's been doing that from long before. I have a feeling it was a political strategy uh, to possibly be being knocking down Ron DeSantis <laughs> for the last two and a half years. But, Just and a possibility. Honestly, and, I, and I know, Kendo, I think I think you kind of like since you worked on his campaign a few times, you you might be leaning towards Chris. But I mean. You know, I, it, I, I gotta I, say I that like, he, he jumps back and forth quite a bit, bro. Like, sure. and yeah, are you saying he flip flops? He he flips and he floppities, and <laughs> you never know what the guy's doing. And I mean, he did run a very pro cannabis liberal stance the last time he ran, but I mean, I don't know what he's going to do this time. I don't know. He seems like a guy that can be bought out. And even though Nikki was a, a lobbyist, at least I know what she stands for. You know? And he has his own set of chains, too, from what I understand, comes with it. No, I, Charlie, it, put, those, put those away. Chains? We're going to try to forget them if you try to forget them. But uh, Governor, uh, Congressman <laughs> Christ, come on our show so we can talk about this. I, this is an open invitation. If he comes uh, on the show, I might I might be convinced otherwise. Well, it's it's, it's interesting that since uh, since Charlie announced his candidacy, there haven't hasn't been a lot of major attacks except for some of the old trolls who have come out and thrown thrown out the flip flop line and a few other things they had you know back in their closet. Uh -huh. But uh, as soon as um, Nikki Friedman had and, and put out her candidacy, the attacks started running in. Uh, in 
in spades, so to speak. There's been attacks on, on everything, including investigations of her finances and things of that sort. Yeah. And I say, let's get all these attacks out of the way and over with for the first maybe a month or so, so we can actually get to an actual debate and not start attacking on a negative basis and start looking at what actually is the right thing in each of these candidates. Well, Gary, I think you bring up a good point. Let's let's put it all on the table right now, okay? Uh, and let's draw a clear contrast between these three candidates. You have the incumbent, Governor Ron DeSantis, who, yes, he signed the bill for smokable flour, but at the same time says adult use is a no-go, and he's also cozying up to former President Trump for a possible run for uh, vice president in 2024. All right, now you have uh, Governor Charlie Chris, uh, now Congressman Charlie Chris, former governor, uh, who, while he was attorney general of Florida, Florida, uh, gained the nickname Chain Gang Charlie uh, because, of course, he brought back uh, chain gangs, which are definitely a a, a remnant of the Jim Crow era uh, that, you know, folks uh, just, you know, it's not progressive. It's not it's not uh, something that, you know, it working out in the 90 degree heat uh, because you got a, a cannabis possession charge, if you will. Uh, I, you know. Slavery for, for, for marijuana charges, that's a tough policy he's going to have to reverse. You know, you, when you do that much damage and you have that much baggage and history um, as a politician, there you got to really go hard the other way and swing the pendulum. And to many people, that's like straight up flip-flopping. Um, again, now that we look at Nikki, um, Nikki was a marijuana lobbyist prior to running for agricultural commissioner. And in recent days, she's been attacked for amending her financial disclosures, uh, showing that she made a lot more money as a medical marijuana lobbyist than she had previously disclosed, and including um, the fact that you know she has relations uh, with someone who was heavily invested in one of the MMTCs here in Florida. And so there are definitely some concerns around ethics and, and finances there. But you know, once we get all that baggage out of the way, what do we really have in the grand scheme of things? You got two pro-cannabis candidates on the Democratic side that are going to duke it out and then you have governor ron DeSantis, who you know we have many times in the show have called an ass face so i just want to point something out real quick cano it's comments like this that really scare the shit out of me <laughs> because these are people that don't understand like this is why cannabis isn't legal in florida right it's comments like this it's people who think like this right and marijuana, everything to do with politics. And we are a political advocacy group because we want to see marijuana legalized. Yeah. So that's all I got to say. Don't be like this guy, Matthew. Yeah, well, the thing is, we, we can't help but get dip our toe into politics, no matter what we're dipping our toe into, because it really is, it is nasty sometimes. But the fact is, politics has gotten us into this prohibition. And really and truly, the only way we're going to get out of it with any sense of form is by attacking it politically so that we can actually obliterate the, 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 the uh, prohibition which has been here for so many years. And if you can, you can do it without, uh, without getting into politics, if you, can, if you can do it just on the fact that this is our right and our freedom, you're going to be waiting a long time to get this done. Yeah. With, all, with all due respect. <clears throat> you know, for people who say, I don't want to get into politics, that in itself is a form of privilege. Uh, if you are black yeah, in America yeah. and you don't yeah. want to be in politics, you, you, you're missing out. If you're brown in America, you definitely want to be paying attention to politics. If you're a weed smoker in America, you want to be paying attention to politics. The people who say, oh, I don't want to get into politics and their potheads are people who pay $40 a gram. And you know what? Keep paying that for yourself, Chad. <laughs> $40, yeah. No, they wow. shop in medical marijuana treatment centers in they, Florida? 
and, and they'll, 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 price. I got news for you, boutique. <laughs> boutique <laughs> strains are coming. Expect to see something along the lines of seventy and, and, and eighth being not un- outrageous when 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 some of these guys come into town because we still don't have a. Uh, a free market here in Florida and in many other states as well. So it's not the, not just pinpoint Florida, but we have a lot of people who don't have a free market. And so therefore that is why you have these prices that are all over the map. And the question is, is that all going to go get evened out when we have uh, <clears throat> a national uh, legalization? Well, it depends on how, on how it all works out because nothing ever happens. just like, you know, dropping a coin into a slot and all of a sudden the music comes on. There's always going to be a whole bunch of steps ahead of time, a whole bunch of regulations that are going to be introduced as it becomes federally legal. And we have to find out what those, <clears throat> what those le- uh, regulations are and attack them before they actually get implemented. And well, that Gary, is why we have to get involved in politics. I think, I, you know, I want to pivot uh, from what from what you just said and talk about how important it is that you do pay attention to politics. Right now in Colorado, ground zero for legalization, they are sending a bill to the governor's desk that is the most restrictive medical marijuana bill when it comes to physician recommendations that we have seen. And that is a major concern for a lot of people. They're going to require you, uh, if you're between the ages of 18 to 20, to get two physician recommendations from two different medical practices. You're going to have to pay to get reevaluated from one of those doctors every six months. They're now going to require mental and uh, health evaluations prior to a cannabis recommendation and regular mental health updates for it. They're also going to limit the amount of of concentrates that you can purchase in a day. Um, And they're also going to require physicians to uh, get CMEs every two years in regards to cannabis. So, I mean, eventually uh, there aren't that many continuing education programs for doctors recommending cannabis. A doctor is eventually going to take all the cannabis courses out there that are available, they're not gonna you know, allow you to repeat. And then uh, the biggest concern in, in the grand scheme of all this is that they're gonna require doctors to say how much you can get uh, on a daily basis. They're gonna require doctors to list out the maximum potency that you're allowed. And in no other state is there these restrictive, uh, or these restrictions being put on recommending physicians. And the reason that it is happening in Colorado is because we know Colorado has set the national standard for what cannabis looks like. And they're attacking a medical program that's been around 20 years now that has worked just fine, that we don't see uh, you know issues with. And, and this is again, uh, those folks over at Smart Approach to marijuana, spending money to lobby and push these bad bills all across the country. Isn't this a major concern for any state that goes to adult use? Like, doesn't the medical program like almost always like go to the wayside? And it happens in Washington getting, State. It was totally cannibalized. Yeah, yeah. patients end up getting screwed over in the long run, and like people are like, "What are you talking about? We all have weed. You can just walk into a store and get it." But they're still getting screwed over for the the type of the type of medicine they need, right? Yeah. Yeah, in yep. some cases, we, we, with medicine, <clears throat> suddenly was taxed at, at, at rates they never expected before. And so we have to be careful as, as we move forward. I mean, and every state is different. Oklahoma is not too far from Colorado. It's like here and there. But Oklahoma actually has a, a, a very expansive uh, method of, of getting recommendations. All, all it basically says is that if a physician feels that cannabis is the correct medicine for whatever, what ailments you currently have, he can go ahead and recommend it. That is the law. That that's the the, the gist of it. That's I mean, all it needs to be. It, it, it is as few words as possible. I mean, that is the way it, it happens. If you can get it, 
if you can get it. But here, like for instance, here in the state of Florida, I had a, a expansion of a qualifying conditions bill that people were kind of antsy about. I one one uh, <clears throat> particular uh, rep <clears throat> Republican representative said, "Whoa, this 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 bill has got a list on it. You know, bills with lists really have a hard time passing." <laughs> I said, why is that? Because, because then they have to argue every single item on the list. And I said, that doesn't seem quite right, because I've seen a lot of things where there's a list of things, but they only go after one or two of the things that, uh, that really will raise any eyebrows and close the rest out. But we need to have things added onto our list of qualifying diseases. Autism, for God's sakes, why is that not on the list of things right now? General anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. Here, I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you mentioned autism. Um, you know, this week, a, a you know, promising review came out uh, in the Journal of Trends in Psychiatry and Psychotherapy that showed that uh, in clinical trials that they were doing in Brazil, that uh, cannabinoids were shown to improve and and definitely you know help children who have autism. Um, and the interesting part about the study is they only use CBD and um, synthetic uh, oral THC, uh, dronabinol. So, you know, they're not even using the good stuff, if you will. And so the fact that if these cannabinoids can show promise, um, taking a deeper dive into medical cannabis and taking a deeper dive uh, into allowing more conditions to be treated with medical cannabis is what we should be doing, not passing more restrictions and making it harder to get a doctor's recommendation. Because that's, that's a catch-22 in itself. Here in Florida, we have uh, politicians that will argue, oh, this is like the pill mills. There's only a handful of doctors recommending it to hundreds of thousands of people. Well ass faces. The reason that's the problem is because you made it so goddamn hard for people to, for doctors to get, to get certified to, for the recommendation. And then you make it ridiculously difficult uh, for patients to go out here and get it because they consistently have to pay money to the state to get their card renewed, have to pay money to the doctors for the recommendation. It's an additional recommendation for smokable flour. You know, in the end, you keep making more paperwork, you keep making it harder. What we need in government is less paperwork. That is what we've heard from since the 80s is smaller government is better then why yeah, the I'm hell do very, very libertarian right now very libertarian i'm very you know liberty you're, and freedom minded yeah, you're pro freedom yeah pro freedom exactly what american is not pro freedom i'll tell you which one the ones that are sitting in office uh jerking us around and thinking that oh well you know i make one hundred seventy four thousand dollars a year i know what the people need kiss my ass okay you all who have not had a real job in how many years that have been in congress how many decades have no idea what the regular people are suffering through and going through which is why it always drives me crazy when i see members of congress on a wearing a hard hat operating a crane or doing something out there and it's like you're just getting that for pics for your website all right let's be real you have no idea what people suffer <laughs> with and go through every single day you're out of touch and the fact of the matter is is that on this legislation alone we see so many members of congress out of touch which is why normal has to exist which is why we have to be politically active and that's why we encourage our members to be politically active and to everybody who's sitting there in the comments talking that shit you know what? When's the last time you got up to Tallahassee, set up appointments, and went and talked to your representatives and actually pushed something? Because if you're not getting off the couch, if you're just commenting on social media or sharing shit, it is not enough. 
You got to roll up your sleeves. Politics is a contact sport. You're going to have to take some hits. You're going to have to get some bloody noses. And we know it. Gary, how many times have you been in Tallahassee? You finally get a representative that you can talk to, and they're trying to sneak out the back door. They're trying to run the other way down the hallway from you. Thankfully, there's narrow hallways, so they can't go too far from you sometimes, right? That's true. And I I also know the back way in. So uh, as you get down to the bottom of the stairs, I'm right there. (laughs) So. You'd be amazed as to how much I've actually gotten done in elevators when we haven't had appointments. But that's just the way it is because you have to be able to talk to these folks. Now, it would be lovely if we could have somebody from our crowd actually run for office, actually get into office, either in the state legislature or in the federal legislature. But if you really think that we are the only ones who use this for for medicine or for adult use, and the folks on the other side who are the representatives and the state representatives and things of that sort, they use it too. They just don't tell everybody. Yeah. I recall that New York assemblyman uh, a few years back who argued against legalization on the floor and then got arrested because he was hotboxing in his car during the recess. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that is some next level fuckery to sit there and argue against legalization and then go hotbox in your car. Shame on you. Shame on hey you. guys, guess what time it is? Uh oh, it's time for the unfortunately named new segment by Gary. Stein. I did not name this, by the way. <laughs> wow, that just that made my heart skip a bit. I'm gonna have to go back to the cardiologist. That's pretty cool, huh? Hey, it's pretty cool. I'm not, I'm not a videographer, but I, I can do. Th- do a few things. That, that, that was a it was a, a Carlos piece, and that was just wonderful. And what a great segue into the fact that they said, "Let's do all the real news, all kind of crammed together in the middle in one big spot." So let's go ahead and, and do this logically. Let's go after some of the most important news stories out there, and and let's make it happen. So let's start out with uh, with this. Okay, we'll start with this story. Flora grown. What the hell happened? I mean, here was the bill that was going to destroy the vertical mandate, allow horizontals in here, break open the market, and what the heck happened? I'm going to tell you the answer to that at the end of the segment. I want you to stay to the end. I like it. It's a cliffhanger. It's like it's a, it's a cliffhanger. Okay. You give them part of the story at the beginning. Dateline, your mailbox. Amazon announced this week that they are no longer to be testing employees for, for cannabis. Now, what does this mean about Amazon opening up? Well, first off, it means that they actually come to their conclusion that if they want to have a robust workplace workforce that actually comes to work healthy, then maybe you need to go ahead and get those folks who use it for medicine and get them to uh, allow them to go ahead and work, allow them to go ahead and make a living, even though they have to have to use this for whatever medicinal reason. But as always, there's this double-edged sword because we're talking about Amazon here, guys. Now, who better to take over the entire logistics of cannabis being transferred from state to state once it becomes legalized if the guys if these other guys pushing legalization so guess what amazon is doing amazon is putting money into federal legalization okay this is a ploy they're trying to get in on uh federal cannabis distribution isn't that that i like it i didn't even think about that you gotta think about these things well i thought they were just like ah we gotta hire some potheads absolutely (laughs) so here comes amazon that truck is going to have a bigger smile on it than ever when it starts distributing all that stuff from state to state. But that is where we go. Dateline, Nevada. 
<laughs> the place where it all, where, where Sin City grows has had some great bills that have just passed at the end of their session this last week. First off, <clears throat> they have uh, Bill 400, which amends this, the uh, state's traffic, traffic safety statutes so that when you operate a vehicle and there's a trace amount of THC, they're not going to, to be able to ticket you for that or put you think, bring you to jail for that because of the fact you're not actually uh, impaired at that point in time. You just happen to have a trace amount in your blood. So it's going to be in the law now from that on. And they've also set up a, a, a situation where you can have social consumption lounges in the state of Nevada here are going to be legal. Now, what that means is that just like here in the state of Florida, public use is illegal. That means you can't just go ahead and smoke on the street. You can't smoke in a hotel room. You, you can't even smoke in your own apartment if somebody else owns it and they don't give you permission. Basically, you have no place to go unless a home that you actually own legally. But here is a, a situation where you can have a place to go where you can uh, bring in your own <coughs> cannabis and be able to consume it on site, either from the dispensary next door or in what they call independent uh, consumption lounges, where they, they, they contract with other dispensaries so you can go ahead and purchase what they call single-use uh, amounts and bring it in and be able to imbibe in a social atmosphere, and they make certain you get home safely. Isn't that a great idea? Isn't that idea that I said, I, whose idea has come? I, come in. Come in. Come in. I, I have come to. In. I have to definitely. Uh, you pay your rent. Oh, you can hear that. You can hear my wife. Like, so, somebody is somebody is trying to get into the cannabis consumption lounges already. Dude, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that because I go to Vegas for work uh, pretty often. And I mean, I, I frequent Planet 13 when I'm there and they've been getting ready for this shit. They've got like a whole part of their building. They've been waiting for the consumption lounge. I'm going to get high. That's right. In Las Vegas. I have to say, I have to Vegas. say, Gary, if we had cannabis consumption lounges in the state of Florida, okay, and knowing that Tampa is the strip club capital of the world, would it be entirely <laughs> theoretically possible that one could consume cannabis and have exotic dancers? I think you can do that. Yeah, you can actually do that. Actually, here in the state of Florida, <clears throat> you have to kind of play with the law a little bit because it does say that you cannot smoke in a public place. However, if the place is totally private, if you have to pay to get in, mm. you know, that kind of situation, there are ways to get around that law and put together a social consumption lounge here in Florida for those who are willing, willing to go ahead and get out of their comfort zone and go ahead and do it. And other states as well. But uh, we have had uh, consumption lounges in Denver and also in Alaska by, by, by law. And now we're moving forward. Now we are moving straight. Now we are going into a whole new era. So that is the news coming out of Nevada. Now, there are other states that have had some really hard times this last couple of weeks. And we were out last week. But, uh, hey, what can I say, guys? Mississippi, you just missed it out. Because they went ahead and had a ballot measure that passed. And what happened? They had the legislature go ahead and overturn it. Just like what happened in South Dakota a little bit, where you have Christy Nome, the governor. That's G-N-O-M-E, Christy Nome who went ahead and filed a lawsuit to stop that bill from moving forward after the people have already voted for it. That's the kind of thing where the, the will of the voters has been usurped. And basically, that is Florida's job, and I resent that. That's what we should be doing at all times because we do it better than anybody else. Kind of like the, the Felon Act and things of that sort. If we, if we vote for it, they'll overturn it or find a way to mess it up.
You know, Gary, that's an interesting thing. Normal actually penned an op-ed uh, recently that said, why are Republican politicians canceling their own voters on marijuana policy? That's the whole point. I mean, <laughs> I mean, guys, we do vote for you. And uh, we actually passed this with 73% of the vote, 71.3% of the vote back in 2016, which means there were a lot of Republicans and a lot of Democrats and a lot mm -hmm. of Libertarians. Mm-hmm. And even some agnostics who went ahead and voted for this. So, guys, if you want to stay in office, stick with us. Yeah, we 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 we, we can help you get there. Become and you know, there's a lot more people on your side. Yeah. That's so Grady, if you're listening, call in. We'll help you get reelected, brother. You just got to come over to the dark side. <laughs> there you go. Now, as long as I have my, my hat on today, which says the tikkun olam, which is a Hebrew phrase meaning to, to, to heal the world, essentially, uh, I have to bring up what has happened in Israel this last week. They've had a, a rough couple weeks. They had, you know, rockets going this way and rockets going that way. And the, the, the Trump of Israel, Bibi Netanyahu, is getting ousted from, from office because they're putting together a coalition government behind him that's going to get him out of there and change the, uh, the nature of things. And Israel is not only important to the Jewish religion, of course, but especially for cannabis, because it has been the center of research uh, through, for, for many, many decades, starting out with uh, Raphael and Meshulam, who uh, was able to totally identify uh, the THC back in the 60s. And when they, can, they continue to move forward. And what is really interesting is they've had, they've had a great medical program. You can go to a pharmacy and pick up a prescription for cannabis in Israel. That is how open the medical program is. But they've gone one step further with the new government has stated they are going to go with full legalization. Wow. You know, I find it interesting that in Israel, uh, they allow patients to consume it uh, in the hospital. And I know that's something that some states here, uh, in particular California, was looking at is allowing patients who are terminally ill or just in general, you shouldn't have to wait till you're dying to utilize your medicine in the hospital. And that is the one place in America right now where, you know, if you're at home, you can utilize medical cannabis for your wellness. But the minute you actually get sick and you're forced to be hospitalized, now you don't have access to medical cannabis. You have to sneak it in. And I get tired of seeing YouTube and Facebook videos of patients struggling, having police come into their room and harassing them just because they're trying to feel better. It's not right. People should have a right to consume cannabis, especially in a hospital setting. Absolutely. And of course, the nursing homes, they have almost standards of care that have to do with, with utilization of cannabis for the, uh, for the patients. And they have some of the happiest and uh, the healthiest seniors in some of those nursing homes than almost any country in the world. And they have ex export rights in, Florida, in, in Israel, too. They export to Greece. They just recently started exporting to the U.K., and they have they have they have fine fine crops over there, and they do have you know one brand over here in uh, in Florida, Tukun, along with uh, the other states that it, it goes to. So uh, here's to Israel. I hope you guys get your act straightened up and uh, take so care of everybody. Tukun is like actually from Israel. That's where it started. Okay. Yeah, the people right. who started up actually started looking into the situation in uh -huh. the 1990s and made, made it official back in like 2007. I think was when it first started up. And yeah. they opened uh, a cannabis business here. Uh, they, they, they have they have they're, they're acting as brands, you know, because we don't have horizontals here, uh, and and they are in several states, as a matter of fact, and you will you will see more of that coming, because we go ahead. Didn't Takoon um, patent a like nineteen percent CBD strain that they named after Dr. Mashulam called Raphael, if I'm not mistaken? That that 
that's possible. I don't know yeah. that that particular strain, but uh, they have they have some excellent excellent strains that not only rely strictly on the strength of the THC, but also the their, the terpene profile. And they actually do create strains that are specific for particular qualifying conditions. So they know exactly what strain is best for anxiety, what strain is best for Crohn's, what strain is best for for, for, for Alzheimer's. Whereas in our Florida, our medical program is more along the lines of you hope when you walk into that, that that room that the guy behind the glass counter has any knowledge of medicine and cannabis in the same head. That is that is basically what we, what we have. We have a medical program, but we have a lot of people who are working behind the counter who don't have any kind of medical training or have any kind of certification to verify which strain is best for what. And that, that should change. It is changing at, to some extent in certain dispensaries. But uh, in, in the long run, I can't tell you how many times I go up and I ask questions and I get answers like, well, this will help you get some sleep at night. That will get you a good buzz during the day. That's nice to know. But I'm talking about this particular illness that we're looking, we're looking at fixing. What do you have for that? What do you recommend for that? Yeah. Well, yeah. you can always check out Leafly. They might know. You know that kind of thing. I think I think we, we we can improve on that. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I just fired somebody for buying weed in the shop, and I walked into a tree leaf the other day, and they're working there. <laughs> and apparently, the manager knew that uh, um, they had done this. So I'm not going to say much more about that, but that's that's really irresponsible, we, especially if like they won't hire people with dreadlocks. You know, we could do a whole show on the irresponsible things that happen in certain <clears throat> Florida MMTCs and other MMTCs around the country. I mean, there's a reason why 80 percent of the sales in this country are still coming from the uh, the legacy market. Eighty percent, guys. I mean, even with 38 states being medical right now and 12 states being being legal fully for adult use, the black market is still overtaking everybody, absolutely everybody. And we have to to ask yourself why. Well, one of my favorite things to do is walk into a dispensary and do exactly what what you were doing, Gary, is is quiz the staff. You know, uh, this standard of a level two background check uh, here in Florida to hire dispensary staff is is absolutely ridiculous in many cases because it precludes people who have past experience in the legacy market who may have a possession charge or a cultivation charge. But the fact is, is that you need experts. You need people with product knowledge actually working in there. And I'm sorry, but hiring someone who at the age of 22 who probably hardly ever smokes weed or have never smoked it or did it once, you know, uh, even to, to Carlos's point is that they had a guy who could pass the background check, but who was clearly a criminal, you know, it, it's definitely uh, an issue. You know, these dispensaries, uh, a lot of them are supposed to produce um, uh, policies around social equity, diversity and hiring. And they think just because they hire a, a VP of diversity or they, they put together a plan uh, of some sort, they actually have to follow through with it and they don't. And that's the problem that we have is that the, just the, the industry here in Florida does not have the diversity necessary to create a robust system that reaches people. The, the industry we have here is corporate, out of touch, it's cold. And the fact is, is that if you can walk into an MMTC and it feels like an Apple store, it is time to release every single cannabis prisoner from the jail cells. It is unacceptable. And, and we, we, we need to move forward. We, we need to, to, to correct a lot of the errors that are happening in there. I can tell you that, that my oldest daughter went into a particular dispensary looking for a particular product, which she knew was working for her migraines, and they were out. And she asked them, well, does anybody have something that's similar to that? 
and she saw so many blank stares that she went ahead and stopped for a second, took a step back, and went ahead and called their call center. And from the call center, got the same basic uh, pause on the air saying, I don't really know how to help you here. And she got down on her knees, just like that old platoon movie, looked up in the air and kind of shook her hands like this and asked herself, why am I the smartest person in the world? I'm not supposed to be there. <laughs> but that but that hopefully will change. And that's because we're calling you out so you can change it. And I know that there's been a problem with regards to actually sta staffing a lot of these dispensaries because they're saying, well, people aren't, aren't coming back to work here. A lot of these dispensaries never really closed down because they were always essential businesses. But for some odd reason, they're having trouble with hiring. Well, maybe because you guys are hiring for too little. Maybe mm -hmm. because guys have an option if they had a chance to, to get a job someplace else for $15 an hour and you're offering 11 and you happen to be a dispensary, they're not going to come and work for you just because you're a dispensary. Union, unions for unions. Us. Oh, yes. <laughs> unions will, will, will help there, too. in a union. <laughs> Absolutely. Dateline, every place you can imagine, centered in Washington, D.C. We had a federal study that came out this last week, which looked at the uh, use of uh, by youth from 2009 to 2019, especially in all these states that have gone legal both for medicinal or for adult use. And guess what they found out in regards to the amount of use of cannabis in youth? It did not go up at all. In fact, in some, in, in some states, the amount of use in, in youth has actually gone down. And there's a couple of reasons for that. First off, <clears throat> you know how everybody hates my dad jokes. I guess sometimes when, when, when a guy like myself, an OG, does a joke, you know, it, it, does, it doesn't sound cool coming from me. It might sound cooler coming from you, Carlos, but it doesn't sound necessarily cool coming from the adults. So if the adults have full access to it, it's not as cool anymore, I suppose, for kids. But also the fact, and this is a very important one, people in the legacy market never ask for ID, but... In the MMTCs, they do. You actually have to be over 21. So the more legalization we have, even with, with, with an amount of regulation, it actually cuts down on those who shouldn't be using it, not using it. Wait, so I'm waiting for Chris so, to go. Hold, hold on one second, Gary. Let me, let me look at your logic here. You're saying that if you regulate it and you control who can consume it instead of just giving it in the hands of criminals, right? then less kids will get their hands on it. That's right. Whoa. Now, crazy. You, you've heard this gateway theory, right? Where, where yeah. cannabis is supposed to be the gateway to all evil. I mean, you go straight from a, from a joint to go ahead and getting out a, a, a razor blade and making lines on it. Yeah. Pretending you're Matt Gates and you, the whole bit. It, no. You smoke weed and you become a homosexual. Uh, you're, uh, you, you get pregnant from a black guy. And um, what, are, what are the other ones? What are the other ones? That hasn't uh, happened to me yet. Um, the, and um, uh, you do heroin. <laughs> It'll make you do heroin. Yeah, well, that's the whole oh. thing because <laughs> when, when you go to the guy on the corner, he doesn't just have four different kinds of pre-rolls. He also has stuff in little bags, both in crystalline form and in pill form and things of that sort. And speaking of things in crystalline form, Dateline Pensacola, you know, the, the town that was named after what, what, uh, what former Vice President Pence was drinking to forget. Uh, Pensacola <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a city where you have some of the dispensaries that have some of the highest sales in the state. And it's so close to Alabama, which is just recently becoming legal over there. 
and we're going to see some shifting and things in there. But there was a situation, and uh, I want to call it out just a little bit. There's a, a, a woman who uh, is, is a, a medical cannabis patient who uses it, and she had a party with some friends and, and relatives, and somebody brought over a package of California gummies, said uh, Hawaiian Punch on the outside. And you can tell it was a, a, a California package because there was the correct la- labeling on the package with the CA for cannabis, for, for California rather, and THC and the little thing. So we know it was California packaging. And also because of the fact it was colorful and it said Hawaiian punch. Now, I've never been a big fan of the guys in California who decided to go ahead and break copyright and make candy bars called Mr. Good Bud and that kind of thing and, and just mimic. And of course, let's not forget nerd ropes. But... The fact is, yeah, that does confuse things in regards to kids who don't know any better. And there happened to be a six-year-old girl who found a, a, a gummy package would happen to have a 50-milligram gummy in it of Hawaiian punch. And, of course, the mom panicked, took the kid to the emergency room, was talked about how the child was at death's door all night long and her breathing was shallow and things of that sort. Actually, what she really needed was, was some sleep. But I'm glad the kid uh, did okay because, you know, that's a, that is kind of a scary situation and obviously that shouldn't have been in the hands. But th- th- this lady is, is very adamant about going after California packaging laws and, uh, and saying how we have to change that, how Florida's gotten it right and they've gotten it wrong and maybe we need to start doing some suing. I hold back on that. Why we, we need to just go ahead and, and change some things if you live in California. That kind of like helps. Uh, if we, when you're not a citizen of California, it's very difficult for you to change California laws, especially in a lawsuit. And especially because of the fact that if there was in her house, no matter how it got there, a package of gummies from California, it's there illegally. That does, that does not give her... Uh, ah, she snitched on herself. Well, she snitched on somebody. Somebody brought it to the party. The fact is, it wasn't supposed to be there legally. And so that, that does not put you on solid ground legally to be able to uh, sue somebody else if you're using a product was, which is illegal for you to own. Hmm. But, but but I wish her well. I, I, I hope her, her kid continues to, got, to thrive and learn not to eat stuff, anything that she looks at, and it's in a colorful package. Because... I definitely said, like, have a different stance on this. Like, I don't think we should market cannabis products for kids, but I think the more cannabis for kids, the better. Well, well we, Adderall comes in a gummy, in a gummy, you know. And it's not the first time this has actually happened. This is something that I have experience with. My, my own child, actually, it, it, I don't have any human children, but I do have dogs. And I, <laughs> and I recall the time uh, that my own dog um, ate a, an entire uh, box of brownies that I had set on the coffee table. And I came home, and it was just chewed plastic everywhere. And I'm like, where are the brownies? And then I saw the dog and I'm thinking, okay, well, do I want to, you know, have to t- spend $400 on a vet visit for the vet to tell me it's just got to cycle through their system or what, you know, now the dog was high for 18 hours. And, 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 and the funny part was, is that uh, every time someone knocked on the door or she heard a gunshot outside, she like wanted to get up, but she couldn't because she was, you know, had couch lock, if you will, uh, to the floor. So again, edible safety is important. Lock them up, label them, put them somewhere where children don't have access to. But in the grand scheme of things, if your pet or your child gets access to it, unless they're not breathing, let them sleep it off. It's, it, they'll be fine. But wouldn't, like, that would scare me because of the chocolate in the brownies. That's what I was terrified of. because of the weed. Yeah, I thought, oh, my God, my dog ate, like, a whole thing of chocolate brownies. She consumed, I think it was, like, a hundred and, ooh, it was, like, 
probably 180 milligrams that she consumed. Are these ones you made yourself, or are they ones you you uh, had purchased over there in the Beltway? I no, actually, I think I picked it up at a at a Legacy Market pop up when we were in Florida. <laughs> ah, those things never happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. All right. Now let, let, let's let's go over this, this this last elephant in the room. One more elephant. Floor grown. What the hell? What the heck happened to you? What happened to you is this. What the a hell? 50, a fifty-two page opinion from the Supreme Court of Florida, appointed by none other than Rick Scott and our current governor Ron DeSantis. <clears throat> Everyone is is more conservative than the other. Six to one, they voted against it. The only dissenting opinion was coming from uh, Justice Lawson, who only concurred in part and disconcurred another one. But it looks, when you read the thing, and it's hard to read because it's 52 pages of legalese, but basically what they've done is they started with a foregone conclusion of how can we shoot this down, and then we find a convoluted way to go ahead and work on logic to make it happen. Because what this was all about, basically, was the fact that when we voted for Amendment 2, the language in there said that an MMTC has to be able to cultivate, process, or deliver product, which when you say, when you say or, that means you can do any one of those things and be in, become in the market. But when that bill finally became law through statute, after the legislature changed it, that or became the word and. And all of a sudden, we had what is called a, a, vert, a vertical mandate where you had to do everything from seed to sale. And what basically Dr. Judge Gievers had said when this case came to her in 2017 was that that was not constitutional, that that was a restriction that was not in the original amendment and therefore should not be here and therefore it should be unconstitutional. And we were really excited because that was fantastic. We, were, we, we won the case and then, of course, the state appealed it. And so it was automatically stopped. And then it went to the, the, the Court of Appeals. And again, it, 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 it won in part. And again, and again, the state appealed it, so it went back again. So it went to the Supreme Court. So here it is, a, a case that was filed originally in like October of 2017. Here it is, 2021, and we're just getting the answer to it now after the state has done everything they possibly can to stop it. Well, having the court loaded with ultra-conservative folks who may or may not be totally convinced that it, it's the law that should be guiding their, their decisions and not what they've been told ahead of time. They went ahead and came up with a bizarre convoluted set of logic, which said that when they were saying uh, that in, in the original amendment, cultivating, processing, or delivery, they're talking about the things, any, any of the things that MTC could be doing. It didn't really necessarily limit on, on how much they could do or not do. And that when they went ahead and created the licensing thing and used the word and, then they made a decision at that point in time that you have to do all these things in order to get licensed. So one of them was just a description in general about some of the things that, are, that MMTCs do, and the other one was supposedly is the actual law of what, everybody, what they have to do for licensing. That is a bit of a convoluted sense, uh, sign of, uh, of thought. What do you think about that, Chris? Can, can you wrap your mind around that? I think Carlos summed it up with the words that he put across the screen. Florida Supreme Court is filled with old white guys who don't smoke weed. And until we get a new governor in there who's going to appoint new justices, uh, we're going to continue to see these bad decisions come from the Florida Supreme Court, especially when it comes to cannabis, but not just cannabis, when it comes to uh, bills that are passed by the voters. They are making it much harder uh, to pass laws 
uh, from the ballot box. And we, the people, would not have to pass laws ourselves and amend our constitution in the state of Florida if the politicians who we voted to elect would just do right by us. But they don't. And, you know, I see in the comments here that uh, Dr. Barry actually posted, he was speaking with his congressman, Congressman Stubbe from the Sarasota area, and that guy thinks that uh, Schedule 3 is the way to go, that putting cannabis in the hands of Big Pharma is, is the direction that this country should take. And I can tell you this much, if you want to put your hands in the life of Big Pharma, whether you're pro-vaccine or an anti-vaxxer, that doesn't always work out. The Federal Drug Administration is one of the most corrupt arms of the federal government. And I know this because when I was going to school to get my master's degree in public administration, my professor and mentor told me, if you really want to make money with this degree, go work for the FDA. And I was, why? Why would I want to do that? He said, because you can get a job as an administrator regulating drugs, and then the same companies you regulate will pay you millions of dollars to white white papers about how great their drugs are. And so you have public administrators on the take from the from the actual government as a salary and from the pharmaceutical industry that they're regulating, and it's totally okay because you're just outside consulting. And that is unacceptable. We cannot continue to allow big pharma, which we know has corrupted our bureaucratic and political apparatuses to have a say-so in our well-being and when it comes to medical cannabis. It's just not right. Let the experts, let the people do it. This is a product that you can grow in your backyard, which has been a direct threat to profits and has always been, which is why we've had 80 years of prohibition, while we see these large companies that since the get-go have been stakeholders and seen it stay illegal, that have been stakeholders in the private prison industry, and that are stakeholders in continuing these bad policies. So if you want to know what I think about it, I think it's a shit policy and a shit ruling from a shitty Supreme Court. <laughs> and by the way, just, just to make it clear, our Supreme Court actually does have a couple of slightly brown folks in there and also a, a woman. So it's not, not, not all old white guys. But a lot of them have, have the same basic kind of thought. I bet those guys don't smoke weed, though. Not in public. <laughs> because <laughs> judges smoke it. Know about teachers it. smoke <laughs> it. Nurses, we, we, we really have no idea what, what goes on behind behind the rooms. I know there was like a fraternity of uh, representatives in Tallahassee that would get together and do smoke. And uh, yes, I, I, I can't, I can't put out names, but it gets funky in that Capitol building. You can smell it wafting down the offices. I mean, it, it does happen, and and a couple of folks we've hired, we've elected and reelected, that kind of thing, and some folks didn't. But the fact is, the f there are folks out there who 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 do imbibe, who do use, and even though their policies might be totally apparent to that idea, it's a, a matter of I got mine kind of situation as as far as that's concerned at that point in time. But we also have to remember, as far as corporations concerned, like I said with Amazon, be careful about what you think is is a fantastic breakthrough as regard regards to corporations concerned. If they're suddenly loosening the regulations on their employees and suddenly saying we're going to put a bunch of money into regulation, uh, to legalization federally, you have to think that there has to be some kind of agenda in there because. Citizens United did say that money is free speech. That's not exactly true. I mean, that's what it says. But the fact is, as far as they're concerned, money is influence. And that is exactly what they use it for. And you can tell in the way that things work. You said that the Representative Stubbe put, is, is putting um, his, his, uh, his cards out and, and putting his, his, the, the program excuse me, into the hands of a pharmaceutical company. Well, he also put his campaign into the hands of the pharmaceutical company. I'm certain he is getting money coming from the pharmaceutical companies to influence his thinking in regards to that kind of thing, in regards to putting it into Schedule 3. 
and you you find also influence from Geo, the uh, the prison lobby. That 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 tends to change people's minds and opinions. It's amazing how money works in politics, and it's not the way it's supposed to. We're supposed to have one 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 man one vote. What it comes down to is uh, one dollar five votes. That is what what it, it it tends to to bend things around. And that's again politics that we have to deal with. And Florida in particular is is known for having rather corrupt politics, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Until we change out the entire um, state representatives, and even then, we have no idea who who's going to come in there. Who might just change their thinking once they get there? Carlos Ramita, mayor of Tampa. <laughs> and they, and you got to move to Tampa, dude. You can't work. You can't run for mayor unless you actually live in the city. CJ for the I, city. You know, one step at a time, Gary. One step at a time. I've launched my campaign. Now I got to move. So look, team, uh, to close out the show today, uh, you know, Gary, you hit on a very uh, uh, poignant topic. What can the people do right now to make a difference? And so there, you know, you have elected representatives, communicate with them, make your demands, tell them what you want, hold them accountable. And there are two quick petitions that you can sign action alerts that National Normals put out. Number one is tell President Biden to follow through on, on his commitment to expunge marijuana records. During the campaign trail, he said, I think we should decriminalize marijuana, period. And I think everyone, anyone who has a record should be let out of jail, their records expunged, be completely zeroed out. So if he, that's his words, quote, in the grand scheme of things, sign this petition from National Normal uh, as President Biden to hold strong to his commitment. The second thing and most important thing that you can do, and I tell you, there is so much packed into this, but it, we just have Memorial Day weekend. So many veterans have given their lives for this country, and so many more have even taken their lives once they've returned back uh, from the war zones. We should demand federal legislation, which is currently spending, uh, pending, that expands veterans' access to medical marijuana be passed uh, through the House and Senate. The fact is, is that the Veterans Medical Marijuana Safe Harbor Act, which is uh, Senate Bill 1183, House Resolution 2588, is bipartisan legislation that will expand and facilitate medical cannabis access to military veterans who suffer from chronic pain, PTSD, and other serious medical conditions. Presently, the VA doctors are forbidden from providing the paperwork necessary to complete a medical recommendation, thus forcing military veterans to have to go to out-of-network physicians, pay hundreds of dollars out of pocket for that physician recommendation, and in many cases feel spooked about talking to their VA doctors about medical cannabis use. And this legislation will allow them to open up and speak with their doctors openly about their use and have their doctors actually help recommend uh, their treatment regimen. This is so important for our country, for our service servicemen and women, and for moving cannabis uh, prohibition to where it needs to be, buried six feet under and a bad part of our history that we can put behind us. So the fact of the matter is, is that we need your support right now. Contact your member of Congress, sign and click the links uh, that are in the chat and do what you can um, to actually make a difference today. And on that note, I think it's about time that we jump out of the rotation and everybody get on with their beautiful Sunday morning. And remember, guys, having a certain, we are a, a subscriber only service as far as uh, Suncoast Normal is concerned. And you can become a subscriber, you can become a member, and you can be part of the fight. And we will help, we will help get you there. We will help get you all the information you need to be able to contact the people who need to be contacted and make them happen. And you get this fantastic gold pin that you can put on your lapel that right here, which makes a lot of great conversation in the supermarket. 
And if you know, if people give you a hard time, you can always tell them it's, it's a, like I love that maple leaf on your you lapel. Could, you could tell them it's a maple leaf. That that works. I say I'm I'm Canadian, eh? And just say go on from there. Or you can just say no. I'm this is like a cannabis leaf, and I'm proud of it. And let me just sit down and talk to you all about it. No, the truth is the way that Suncoast Normal survives is with our members. We need you to donate. You need to come to our events. We got some great things coming up for you. We'll announce them pretty soon. But, uh, you know, you got to donate. You got to become a member. You got to show us some love. Um, you get a membership card. You get a lapel pin. And we don't see any of that money. We just use it for legalization purposes. Trust me, this guy over here is broke. <laughs> and the good thing is, a lot of these politicians will come on your show for free. Mm. You actually don't have to pay them to come on for free. You have to pay them to do everything else practically, but not to come on these shows right here. So, Nikki, your, your, your spot here is, well, is waiting for you. Governor Chris, yeah, Congressman Chris, your spot is waiting for you. Anybody else who's running for office and wants to have a podium over here, come on over. Let's talk. Yeah. Uh, action. Representative Demings, I heard you're going to challenge Senator Rubio. Uh, he has not been a friend of cannabis, so you're welcome to come on the show and, and tell us uh, uh, what are your thoughts and how you've moved from being a police chief enforcing cannabis prohibition to being a member of Congress voting for the MORE Act. We would love to hear about that evolution. Bye, everybody. I think that's it. I'm going to jump out of this rotation. Ah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member. Because that is how you become part of the change. You can find the Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the Rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National. All by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.